Welcome to Humans of CX, a podcast powered by Ozontel. We share the latest insights and customer experience from industry experts to help you humanize your approach, placing empathy at the center of the customer experience. I'm your host, Karima. Thank you so much for joining me, Suraj. It's such a pleasure to have you here with me on the Humans of CX podcast. Thank you for the invite, Garima. Absolutely. Suraj, to begin with, you know, since the podcast is called Humans of CX, I would love to know what does it mean to be a human in CX? What does it mean to belong to this community? So, Garima, that's an interesting question. I think that it's the root question before delving into what is customer experience. I believe a person who is working as a customer experience officer or head of customer experience has to be a people's person. He just doesn't need to understand the customers. He needs to understand what are the requirements of the management. And also at the same time, he needs to understand what are the requirements of the employees. Because only when all the stakeholders are taken into account, the requirements of each of the stakeholders are understood, only then you can provide customer experience in the manner it is meant to be provided. Usually I have seen people concentrating only on the customer part wherein they are only trying to understand what are the needs of the customer. And in this process, they tend to overlook the needs of the employees. Sometimes the agent who is servicing the customer is much more important. The more the life becomes easier for the agent, the better experience he is able to deliver. So the more the life becomes easier for a field staff or a branch employee, better experience can be delivered. So software aspects also matter here. So I think customer experience has to be viewed in a 360-degree angle, wherein you not just focus on customers, but also on employees and also on the platform, the product team. So uh, he's a person who needs to, he or she is a person who needs to interact with each and every team, products, marketing, technology, HR, sales, field, even if it can be a vendor or a partner, like a merchant partner, for example, if you're on the lending or payments, there will be merchant partners who have been on board. You have to meet them, you have to speak to them and also the customers at the end. So you need to be a people's person need to know people management skills that is the number one requirement before you get into problem solving. right right i think you've beautifully articulated how holistic the experience needs to be right and on this note students uh, let's understand your journey in this space and what inspired you to become a part of this exciting community and the industry if you could tell us a bit about that my role presently i had customer experience and learning and development at kisht and ring Kist and Ring are fintech platforms. So as head of customer experience, my role is not just to ensure that the customer experience at Ring is at par with other banks and fintech companies, but also it has to be at par with other services which may not be of the same industry, like a food delivery app or an OTT platform or even a cap hailing service. Because we can see that a lot of customers are increasingly expecting that uh, a service provider needs to match each other in terms of experience, irrespective of the industry to which they belong. So I started my career with HDFC back when I was involved with customer success. And as part of my hosting at HDFC, I was not just helping resolve customers' concerns, but I also used to visit branches. Wherein problem was to understand why customers are visiting branches at the first place. Why can't they just go to digital channels like net banking, phone banking, or SMS banking? Mm-hmm. So there I used to speak to customers on branch as well as on call to understand what are the problems and how can we migrate them to digital channels. And that's where I found that that's where my calling lies because I was able to work for long hours and it didn't matter to me because I was solving the problem that I love to solve. And that's the moment I understood that I have to be in a position that is somewhere related to solving the problems of the customer. 
even though I completed my MBA in finance, I was more inclined towards finance. But uh, later on, I thought operations is the right post for me because operations is a place where you are interacting with customers, you are solving their problems. But since uh, being from a finance background, I was more attracted towards the financial services industry. So I joined Asit C. Mehta as a head of digital products. Therein, my role was to lead a team for creating a mutual funds app, which will allow customers to invest in mutual funds digitally. After Simeta, I joined Ring and Gisht as head of customer experience, wherein I'm heading customer experience as well as learning and development. The beauty of this role is, I would say that apart from just understanding customer experience, I also get to design learning and training programs for the company, for the employees of the company at different levels. And since I know what is the requirement of the customer, what are the likes, what are the dislikes of the customer, I'm able to create training and learning programs that are in sync with customers' requirements. So that has been my journey so far. I think customer experience is an emerging field. Previously, like pre-COVID, customer experience was the third priority, I must say. But right now, companies have realized that customer experience is topmost priority because that is emerging as a differentiator for brands. Right, right. Also, something very interesting that you highlighted, Suraj, is you found a very strong purpose in mm. becoming a part of the space, right? You wanted to help the customers and even right. though you were working long hours, it didn't matter to you because at the end of the day, you felt that, you know, you're doing something really meaningful. Suraj, I think this is a great point where you can elaborate a bit about, you know, what does a typical day look like for people especially the frontline people in customer experience, how are they handling customer queries and questions and even frustrations and anger day in and day out? What kind of toll does it take on their own mental health, emotional health, and how do they try to balance it all? Because at the end of the day, what you want to do is to help the person on the other end, right? That's an interesting question. Karim, I would say in the beginning of the call, as we discussed, that Customer experience is very closely related to employee experience, I would say. Because unless the employee is satisfied, unless the employee understands his job and he's happy with what he's doing and he's allowed to do it in a comfortable manner, he won't be able to deliver the right kind of experience. So the number one priority for me was that I used to see that uh, the agents who used to attend to customers, be it on call, email, chat, or even face-to-face interactions, they used to spend a lot of time on the system it would be like they would be at least having 15 tabs open on the computer. I don't know why they need 15 tabs, but they used to open 15 tabs and out of the 15 tabs, 10 tabs would be Excel sheets. But they would be storing some information because some TL, some manager needs a report at the end of the day. So my first priority was to eliminate all these additional things that do not add value. These are just helping us create some reports. They don't add value to the customer, neither they are adding value to the employee. They are just adding value to the day-end MIS that is being created. So what I did is we have a no Excel policy in our company where nobody can use Excel. We have just uninstalled Excel sheets from the customer service team's stops. So they cannot use Excel at all. Everything has to be inside the CRM. So right now they just have two screens. One is the CRM and one is the platform where they reply to the customers. So everything that they want to know about the customer, every entry, every record that they want to maintain has been automated through API integration. And they don't have to type too much. They just need to interact with the customer, understand his query, write down in brief what has happened, select the required fields, which help us get an idea of what kind of customers are coming to us. And that's it. That job is done. They don't have to get into complicated Excel or prepare the end. So all these things have been automated. 
So it's necessary that we go for automation on a daily basis. We need to understand what all other processes where a lot of manual effort is being put by the agent. And when I say agent, it can be a field agent, it can be a branch employee, it can be a customer support employee, or it can be a collections employee who is calling customers for collections. So the more you reduce manual effort, the more automation and the more tools that are given to them, easier their life would be. And that's when they deliver the required experience. And right, right. And the other uh, interesting aspect, Suraj, that you highlighted was you wanted to understand why are customers visiting the branch in the first place, right? And with COVID, with the pandemic, we saw a major shift and then people had no choice. We had to be at home, right? How would you say that the customer perception or the mindset, the behavior changed? Because when you are visiting the branch, you have that feeling that, you know, I'm meeting someone in person. There is a more personalized interaction. I'll get instant help. When we are transitioning to a remote working environment, how does this shift take place and what kind of behavior, customer behavior did you see changing? How did you see changing after the pandemic hit? Pre-pandemic, we were already digital. So the entire loan application, the loan disbursement, everything, in fact, the repayment of the loan happens through the app, through Kist and Ring app. So there is there was no physical involvement involved. There were some part of the customers who used to visit our merchants and every loan from the merchants, which was not available after the pandemic, but still they had the digital channel open. So they were already used to applying a loan digitally. What I saw is that customers, they were very patient, even at the time of COVID, because people had understood that, okay, there would be less availability from the company side. Customer services may not be available immediately for help. They were understanding. But at the same time, there was a need for the company also to understand what are the customers, how are the customers voicing their concerns. So what we did is we have a process expert whose job is to understand what kind of interactions are happening on each channel on a daily basis. And how we do it is that we have a tagging called query and subquery for every interaction that happens at any place with the customer. Be it call, be it email, chat, social media, any kind of interaction that happens gets a tagging of query, subquery. For example... The query can be that the customer is facing a technical issue. So the query counts technical issue. The sub-query has to be what technical issue. So it can be the whole page is loading, etc. So this allows us to create a day and view of what kind of customers are coming, what are the problems, where there is an increase in problem and where there is a decrease. And also, in addition to this, we started analyzing the mood of the customer. Now, this is uh, first in the industry, I would say. A lot of people analyze customer behavior by way of CSAT and NPS, which means after the interaction, how the customer is behaving, after the interaction, how he feels, what is his feedback? What we wanted to understand is before the interaction, when customer comes to us for any query, request or complaint, what is his mood? How is he feeling? Whether he's angry, he's normal or what is his problem? So we introduced something wherein for every interaction, no matter how many times customer comes to us, for every interaction, there's a mood tracked and maintained in the database, which can be of three types, normal, irate, and threatening. A customer can be threatening if he's using words like, I want to complain, legal, exit. So these are some of aggressive words. If these words are used by customers, which should be around 0.3 to 0.4% of the, percent of the interactions, these get tagged as threatening. If a customer is angry in his store, they get tagged as irate. And if the conversation is normal, it gets tagged as normal. So what it helped us do is, as soon as a customer comes to the platform through any channel, if the customer gets tagged as irate or threatening, it's a priority for us and we have to close the ticket and we need to give him final resolution in the next four hours. So this helped the team prioritize customers who are not in a good mood. 
rather than prioritizing customers on the basis of the business that they are giving or on the basis of loans that they have taken, we started prioritizing customers on the basis of the sentiments that they are displaying during the interaction. And we have seen that customers who were irate at the beginning of the conversation and since they were assisted on priority within the next four hours, they showed repeat business, they showed acceptance towards the brand and they were ready to provide repeat business or take a new loan from the company because they were very happy with the services. So that's a major shift that we did rather than analyzing customers' interactions after the interactions happened. We started tracking them at the time of interaction and immediately providing a solution on the same day so that any kind of dissatisfaction can be immediately catered to. And that was immensely helpful during the COVID times because a lot of people had lost their jobs. They were not having their out of the businesses. And even this helped us provide new solutions to them like moratorium, etc., which uh, later RBI had mandated for all the banks. So even before RBI told us to provide moratorium, we had started giving moratorium to our customers because we understood that customers were asking for it and they were facing this issue. Right. Also at this point, Suraj, empathy in CX became an integral part of the conversation, right? So Exactly. When you say that there is an angry customer on the other end of the line, at that moment, the frontline agent, the frontline employee has to deal with that frustrated, anxious, angry customer, right? So how is helping your team with that? Because that's a tricky situation. How are you helping them manage the kind of stress that takes place during that moment? Okay, so what we have done is we have a knowledge database. We have created a knowledge database wherein we already know what kind of queries customers come up with because we have this data on query and sub-query for every interaction for the last more than one year. So now we know what kind of queries customers come up on day-in and day-out basis at the start of the month, at the end of the month, what kind of queries come to us. So we have created an entire knowledge base based on the interactions that customers have done with the executives in the past. What this knowledge base does is, as soon as the agent is assisting a customer, even if he's a new agent, he doesn't know what to say or there is a query that he needs help on. He just needs to go to the knowledge base. He needs to select the kind of query that he's attending to. For example, the query is a refund. He just needs to click on refund. Inside refund, there would be 10 other options. What kind of refund is the customer asking? He just needs to select the subquery. Inside the subquery, there would be three level of resolutions that we have displayed to the agent that this is the level one resolution. Go to this section, check this option and give this information to customer. If customer is not satisfied, level two resolution, this is the resolution. You need to offer some waiver to the customer. For example, customer has been charged the late fees and he is uh, facing some problem. You need to provide this much percentage of waiver to him. Again, if still this is not being solved, then level three is you please escalate this to your immediate manager and ask the customer to wait for the next 24 hours. So what we have done through this knowledge base is agents don't have to walk around or keep the customer on hold or say that I'm not able to solve your query, I need some assistance, I'm transferring it to another agent. Load transfer takes place, there's no waiting time. He immediately assists him with the resolution and if it's not happening, then he escalates it to the manager. But there is no speaking on the floor that's happening. Like he's keeping someone on hold and speaking to his colleague because previously I used to see a lot of agents walk around the floor. They keep customer on hold. They just walk around the floor asking whoever is available on the floor that what is the resolution that has to be given. And this leads to frustration to other customers because nobody likes waiting online just for a simple query. As a customer, even I have noticed whenever I'm calling a bank or an insurance company, at the first call, I speak to an expert agent who knows everything. In case if I forget to ask something, I do a second call. And on the second call, I get some new agent who doesn't know anything and he's just providing me some wrong information. So that's the pain that we're trying to solve here. 
so that customers don't have to deal with that kind of pain and they are able to get the same level of expertise from every agent and there is least amount of waiting time. So I feel creation of a knowledge base based on past experience is very important to deliver the consistent experience for customers. And this knowledge base can only be created internally. It cannot be created by a consultant or an agent. The people who are inside the company know what kind of knowledge exists inside the company and they can keep creating it and they can keep adding to it. Even today, we keep adding new points to the knowledge base so that it becomes stronger and more efficient. Absolutely. And Suraj, do you believe the customer is always right? So there are two parts to it. I would say the customer is always right in the sense is because he is frustrated. If a customer is angry, he may not be right. He would just ask for things that are not possible. Sometimes he may demand some things which are not technically possible also. That he wants something within 30 minutes or he wants a 50% waiver on his loan because he's facing some problem. So these things cannot be delivered to the customer. But you need to understand that's what we have built as a culture. That we need to understand that if a customer is asking for something and if you're not able to give that to him, you need to give something similar so that you make him feel that he's being cared about and he is being catered to. So rather than saying no as an answer, it's necessary to tell the customer that, okay, we are not able to provide this solution to you, but this is the alternate solution that we can give to you, which is not as good as the solution that you're asking for, but this is the best we can do for you. And we need to remain polite during the entire conversation. There are customers, say, for example, if you're servicing customers from tier three cities, they may not be very patient with you. Sometimes they can be very aggressive or rude to you, but it's necessary that you remain polite throughout the conversation and keep providing the best response that's helpful. So understanding the part that customer is always right is a good approach, but it doesn't mean that you do everything that the customer is asking for. You also need to look from the company's policies point of view and also from compliance point of view, what all things are possible and what all things are not possible. It always helps to give some goodies to the customer because that's how you maintain relationships. For example, if you look at traditional businesses, if you walk into any shop, a Kirana store or a general store, which you have been visiting since your childhood, and if you return some product to him because the product is damaged or if the product is not good, the shopkeeper smilingly takes the product and he would give something free to you. And also he'll ensure that next time you're catered to in a better way because he wants to maintain this relationship. So it's necessary that whenever customers are dissatisfied, you need to ensure that customer delight is maintained. And for that, it's necessary that you give some waivers, some discounts or some additional offers to the customer so that they feel that they are being cared about and they are not just given a dry resolution of, okay, you can come back after one month or so. Right, right. Totally agree, Suraj. And also, what is your take on people expressing their outrage on social media? Because this is, again, a very tricky situation for brands. And as you said, you cannot talk rudely to the customer. And this is your public face, social media, right? And it just doesn't feel right in some or the other way that, you know, this thing could have been handled privately, there could have been an email exchange or maybe a proper conversation about it. Why go on social media and create a whole hype around it? So how do you look at this situation? I wouldn't say if you have faced the situation, how did you try and handle it? But what is your suggestion for the brands out there in this particular case? Social media is here to stay and no matter how much you try to avoid escalation from social media, they will keep coming because I've seen Especially the Gen Z, not the previous generation, but Gen Z and millennials, they have understood that brands give more importance to social media than any other channel. And I've seen customers who have not even approached a customer service channel to call email or chat, or they have not even tried the chatbot that is available on the app. They can directly go to social media and write that I have this issue. Because there is an understanding 
in the general market that if you write something on social media, you get immediate resolution within half an hour or one hour. Whereas if you go to other channels, it may take time. So it's necessary to understand that the channels that we build, be it call, email or chat, the resolution time has to be brought down. Previously, we had a resolution time of around four to five days. We have now brought it down to 24 to 48 hours. And the reason for bringing down this resolution time is the shorter the resolution time is for the customer, there are chances that the customer will come to you through the right channel rather than escalating on social media or writing to RBI. So it's necessary to bring down the resolution time, which brands have. Some brands even have resolution times of seven working days, which is too high. Yeah. And this is where the patience goes out and people go on social media because people are looking for instant resolution because the environment today is such that people are looking for instant gratification. Just look at the kind of product that we're giving. We're giving loans to customers and customers get disbursement within five minutes. So when we are giving them disbursement of a loan within five minutes, the customer has an expectation that when he gets into a problem, the same has to be resolved immediately and we cannot tell him to wait for seven working days. So it's necessary that the people in the CX domain needs to constantly worry about how can they bring down the resolution time. It's not about how many automations you build. No matter how many automations you build, the final resolution of the customer has to be given at the shortest possible time. Because even after providing chatbots, email bots, or voice bots, customer remains to be dissatisfied. Because sometimes they require human touch and this human touch takes them more time as compared to any other services. So bringing down the resolution time is very important. Once you bring down the resolution time to at least 48 hours, the social media escalations automatically die down. And when it comes to social media, it's necessary to have a very special team in place and not a generic customer services team. The kind of language that this team uses, the kind of response times these teams have has to be completely different from other teams. For example, if someone writes on Twitter or Facebook to us, we immediately respond to him. The response time is has to be within 5 to 15 minutes not more than that. Whereas an email sent to us would take a response time of four to eight hours. So social media has to be very proactive and the social media team cannot be working from nine to six. They have to be functional from eight to eight PM. And secondly, whenever you resolve a customer's concern, it's necessary to see if they're satisfied or not. And if they're satisfied and necessary to ensure that they write the satisfaction in the same platform so that people also get to know the positive side of the services that we have given. So we have seen that customers who come to us on social media, at least 30% of these customers go back and write on social media that the services are very good and happy with your service. So this is very much important that you cannot stop customers from going to social media. But of course, you need to ensure that they have a good experience whenever they go there and they write about this good experience so that other customers also come to know about the kind of services that you give and bring down the resolution time. That's it. Absolutely. I feel these are very granular insights that you've shared with us, Suraj, and very important for the brands out there to understand this. Because as you said, social media is here to stay and the conversation is not going anywhere else. You have to make them feel happy on that particular platform itself. I think that's a very important point. And moving on, Suraj, with the advent of these technologies, now, we have seen customer expectations changing, behavior changing, preferences changing, their preference for a particular channel also changing. Who thought that WhatsApp would become main like medium for business communication? We never thought that it was always for chatting with friends, family, relatives, but now it's everywhere, right? So with everything coming in, how do you look at the role of omni-channel CN strategies evolving? 
And now we also have Chat GPT in place, right? So yes. how has everything taken shape and how are you looking at this? How will this add to the bigger picture of customer experience? I believe WhatsApp has taken the center stage right now, especially I think the primary area where WhatsApp plays a very important role is sending notifications to customers, especially the notifications which are important for them because customers tend to miss SMS. Whereas when it comes to WhatsApp, a notification, for example, of a recent booking that you have done or a notification about the loan that you have availed or the payment due date that is going to come, it has to be given on WhatsApp because that's where customers are day in and day out and they are able to read the message immediately and act on it as compared to an SMS. So the contactability on WhatsApp is higher, way higher than SMS and even much higher than calls because people do not attend calls nowadays. But when it comes to customer service, I would say calls still rules most of the part. 60% of conversations still happen on call. In our case, it's around 50 to 55%. What I've seen across the industry, I've been interacted with other players and I've seen Companies that are not just servicing tier 3 cities, if they are servicing tier 2, tier 1 and rural areas, then the call percentage will still be higher. It would go around 60 to 80% also. Because in a country like India, the more you go into the interiors, people are more friendly with channels like call compared to chat or email. And that's a very important for us to understand that as we become more digital, we build more digital channels. It can be a chat GPT assisted chatbot or it can be an email bot, or it can be any other solution, even social media for that matter. Call is the primary channel, and 60% is not a small number. So we need to understand that we need to build solutions for each and every channel that are available. Social media is a separate solution that has to be, like I said, the kind of sentiment analysis that you need to do, the kind of resolution times, and the kind of language that you want to use in social media is completely different from other channels. So it has to be treated in a separate way. Similarly, call is a different Chat and email are different things. And people who are in tier 3 cities usually prefer chat and email, but tier 2 and tier 1, they move towards call. Mm-hmm. So based on the customer segments, you need to understand that every segment prefers a particular kind of channel. Even there would be a lot of operate on branches, we have digital channels. But when it comes to banks, even tier 2, tier 3 cities have more falls on branches compared to tier 3 cities. So any initiatives that you do, with respect to customer experience, it has to be only channel. It has to take care of each and every channel and not just one channel like WhatsApp or any emerging channel like ChatGPT powered assistant. And coming to the AI part, I've seen ChatGPT is a very powerful tool, but right now it's at a very early stage and companies are still analyzing how to use it. And also there is a cost angle to it because setting up a ChatGPT powered solution requires a particular kind of infrastructure and a cost that has to be incurred. So For high net worth individuals, if the customer is a high net worth individual and if you're servicing that segment, chat GPT powered solutions would be a best fit. But if you're servicing customers who are high volume and low margin customers, for example, a payments app like Google Pay or Phone Pay, having the AI powered solution at this point wouldn't make sense. In the next two to three years, I see the cost of AI based solutions coming down. That's when it would be used broadly across the industry. But right now, AI-based solutions are very less and people are just testing the waters on how to use it. And omni-channel, I would say, as I said, it has to be a separate approach for each channel and there cannot be a one-size-fits-all solution. Every channel is independent. The kind of customers that come on every channel are different. The psychology of these customers is different. The kind of needs that they come for is different. And the geography of these customers that come on every channel is slightly different. So the strategy for any channel has also to be different. You cannot have a single strategy for all the channels. And that's where I've seen brands failing because 
there are brands if you go to the social media channel you will see the same response which they are giving on the chatbot or which they are giving on the email it's a copy paste response that they are using which is not working for them and that's where we need to understand that every channel needs to have a separate strategy every channel needs to have a separate person working on it to understand how to evolve the channel and make it more efficient very true very true suraj and you have also been a part of some exciting discussions around ai and omni channel right yes. so i would like to understand how are you looking at the indian cx community right now how is that taking shape and how is the perspective of uh, cx thought leaders changing around these subject matters broadly i see there are four main areas where ai can help on the indian context more than just the chatbot part we already have chatbots in place but the number one thing is technological assistant wherein as more and more companies move towards a digital channel through an app or a website customers tend to face technical issues like for example i'm booking a ticket and i'm facing a technical issue i'm booking a trip or i'm taking a loan or i'm booking an insurance policy there is a technical glitch app that i'm facing that page is not moving forward or the payment is failing etc now these issues are not immediately resolved there are two ways in which they are resolved at the present context one is the product team keeps looking at the funnel that how many customers are stuck at which stage then when they see that too many customers getting stuck on a particular stage then they try to fix what is the issue then the issue gets fixed which takes around 4 to 5 days second approach is we are waiting for customers to come up to us he will come to us he will share a screenshot we will share a screen recording and then the issue is resolved a better approach using ai would be to have a solution which can track whenever a customer gets stuck during the entire onboarding journey or during the customer journey if he is getting stuck somewhere the ai solution can point out that these many customers have stuck on this page and this is the problem and even a, a screenshot or a screen recording with the consent of the customer can be taken by the by the ai solution and can be directly sent to the technical team so that they can immediately work on it so this is an area where ai can play a major role for companies as they turn digital the second part where ai can play a major role is customer service wherein when a customer approaches an ai solution can detect whether a customer has already made a complaint or not and if the complaint is made what is the status of the complaint and can immediately inform the customer before even speaking to the agent that this is the status of your complaint we are working on this and this is where we have reached and if the solution feels that this customer is a customer who has raised three complaints in the past or he has been a very irate customer then it has to be routed to an agent who is senior and who is experienced one rather than routing it to a new agent so allocation of customers towards agent which is called call allocation or chat allocation this can be done better through an ai solution wherein based on language of the customer based on sentiment of the customer based on relationship of the customer it can be routed to the right agent at the right time so that the service times can be brought down and also the customer gets a better experience and he doesn't have to repeat his query every time third i would say is agent assist which is present right now we have solutions where agents at the time of speaking to customers there are bots which can suggest what are the solutions that you can give so similar to the knowledge management platform that we have wherein we suggest agents what are the solutions that can be given ai can very well understand the nature of complaint that the customer is raising the nature of issue that the customer is facing or at the point where the customer is stuck or during his journey and accordingly can assist the agent to come up with the right solution third is voice based assistance because right now as we move towards more interlands tier three cities and rural areas to finding the new set of customers because everyone is much more focused on the same set of customers and we are targeting the same set of customers for digital savvy but there is a big 
bunch of customers waiting to be served that are not still savvy. And these customers are slowly being bought in through UPI and through 5G networks. These customers are slowly moving to the digital area. And as these customers come into the digital arena, it's necessary that voice-based assistance are provided to them. Because as I said, customers who are from rural areas and type 3, type 4 cities, they do not understand chat, email, they cannot type anything, they cannot express their emotions through word or through typing. They only understand these voice-based solutions. So it's necessary that AI-enabled voice-based solutions, which are present, but they are not very refined. But in the next two to three years, I think even ChatGPT is working on voice-based solutions. And we'll be having better solutions in the next two years, which would help us service these customers in their language that they understand, even in the dialect that they speak, so that they don't have to depend on chat or any app. They can just give voice commands and get the job done. It can be applying for a loan, it can be making a payment, or it can be booking a ticket, etc. It can be voice-based, and even it can be done through feature form. This is where AI can play a major role. Right, right. Beautifully articulated, Suraj. And I think the other aspect of this story is, how can brands ensure that with all these technologies coming in, the customer does not feel isolated? Because there is a concern among people, right, that, okay, now customer support will be taken over by ChatGPT. Who am I talking to? Am I talking to a bot or, you know, is the person really understanding? Is there a human? I want to talk to a human voice, right? So how are you looking at this case? I would like to go back to the previous example of sentiment analysis that we do right now of customer mood. So this is very important because companies are still very much reliant on past data, which is CSAT and NBS which simply means that after the interaction is done, you're trying to analyze what went wrong. So as more AI comes into the picture, it's necessary that the real-time analysis of sentiment is done to understand where the customer is facing a problem with the AI solution with the chatbot or with the email bot or with the voice bot. And he needs to be directed immediately. If he is not able to interact properly, he needs to be directed to an agent so that he doesn't feel lost over there. And that can only be done with smart sentiment analysis solutions, which are already available in the market. But I think with AI coming in, even the solutions are taking up new shape and new features are coming up in these solutions. And sentiment analysis is the only way through which you can understand where a customer needs to be connected to the agent. Because once a customer is dissatisfied, he's not going to come to you because the preferences of customers are changing very fast. Right now, if I'm not able to do make a payment from Google Pay, I will immediately shift to phone pay or PTM. I won't wait for Google Pay to solve the query. So... It wouldn't take more than 5 minutes or 10 minutes for the customer to decide and go to a different app. For example, I'm trying to take a loan from HDFC Bank. I would immediately go to ICICI Bank. I wouldn't wait for HDFC Bank to solve my query. And I would be frustrated if they're solving my query through a bot. So it's necessary to understand the kind of words that the customer is using and train the AI solution on understanding the sentiments faster. And if there is a negative sentiment detected anywhere during the conversation, immediately have an agent assist over there so that handholding can be done and the customer is not lost. Right, right. And going forward, Suraj, what are some of the key trends you're closely looking at? You think they would disrupt the customer experience space? Now we're talking about chat GPT-4. Few months back, this was not a part of the conversation, right? So there is this constant shift, constant energy. So what are some of the key trends that you would say you are closely looking at and you feel it's here to stay? AI solutions is something that India needs. And I think Paytm Soundbox is a very good example. The Soundbox of Paytm has helped merchants even in tier 3 cities and rural areas to understand what a digital payment is. 
and they are now happy to accept digital payments because they had two concerns. One is they do not understand the app. They cannot see how much payment has come. Second is the fear of fraud, whether the customer has actually made the payment or not. So both these problems are solved with the sound box. And this is a very good example to us to understand that voice-based solutions are here to stay. And I think voice-based AI solutions is something that we need to look up when we enter new markets inside India, especially the rural and semi-urban markets. Second, I would say is as AI takes more relevance, data management and knowledge management will be the key areas because when you employ AI-based solution, the only base on which the AI solution works is the data that you have. Because if a company is employing an AI-based assistant, I wouldn't want the AI-based assistant to use data from Google and service the customer. We would always look for an AI assistant which can take data from inside the company and service the customer so that no wrong information is shared, no out-of-context information is shared. So it's necessary that as AI solutions build up companies to understand the importance of data management and knowledge management. Right now, the knowledge and the data is everywhere. There is no structure to it and it's not structured in a way which can be consumed by an AI solution. So the kind of structure that has to be created for data and a knowledge base, a knowledge base inside the organization would improve. Because if they do not improve, they won't be able to implement AI-based solutions. So in order to implement AI-based solutions, these practices would take precedence. Third, I would say is I see a role of sort of a chief AI officer taking up. Just like customer experience has emerged after COVID in the last two to three years, I think as AI solutions become priority for companies, a chief AI officer or a chief AI analyst would be the right post. And this would be a blend of expertise in technology in data compliance and in product management. And when I say technology, data compliance and product management here, technology and data compliances would be primary because AI is more about compliance of data, especially in industries like financial services. So this is a role which is an emerging role and this is something that we need to look up to. And final would be, as I said, sentiment analysis solutions because the more you deploy AI, the more there is a need to understand the sentiment of customers because there is no human who is listening to the customer. There is the system that's listening to him. So it's necessary that humans track the sentiments and accordingly change the strategy on when and where to have a human handholding for the customer. Right, right. These were some brilliant insights, Suraj. And I think we got a deep dive into your journey. How did you find a purpose in this space? It would be great if you could share a message for beginners who want to start a career in the space of customer experience, what is it that they can look forward to? What are some of the key aspects they should watch out for? And most importantly, why should they join this space? In my case, my passion was solving problems of customers. So I feel excited about it and I like to work on it. And unless you're passionate about your job, you won't be able to excel on it. And secondly, after a period of five to 10 years, you would get bored about it and you wouldn't put the extra efforts that is needed or you will start stagnating. So one of my previous CEOs, I interacted with her and she told me that the age of 35 to 36 is a stage where people see a plateau in their career. And the reason for this plateau, I would say, is because they're not working on things that they're passionate about. If you're working on something that you're passionate about, you would never see that plateau, whether it is 35 or 45 or 65. You would remain to be excited and you would remain a constant learner. You would learn new things, new technologies, and you would always be ahead of the curve. So it's very much necessary that if you are entering the CX space, you need to be excited about solving the problems of the customer. And if you're not excited about it, then you wouldn't excel over there. I would suggest look for things that you're passionate about. If you're passionate about CX, there are two ways I would say to enter the domain. 
But number one would be through the products team. So a new joinee, for example, if it's a fresher, so getting into a company as an intern into the product management team would be the best possible solution because when you enter the products team, you interact with technology team, you interact with marketing, you interact with products, you interact with engineering team, and you understand what kind of solutions are being built and how these solutions interact with customers. If this is not possible, students who would be coming from lower backgrounds who wouldn't be having access to products, products team or getting a job in the products domain, I would suggest they can at least start from the customer success area because getting into a customer success team is very easy. Anyone can get a job into customer success. But once you get into customer success, the kind of initiatives that you take, the kind of quality that you deliver, the kind of escalation management and the kind of new initiatives, new ideas that you give to the organization matters. So when you show passion towards the job that you're doing, I don't think there would be any manager or any organization that wouldn't promote you towards the customer experiences team. I have taken people from the sales team, from collections team, from teams that are no, in no way related to customer experience. It can be from the payments team, etc. But the reason for taking these people is only because they were excited about solving problems. They would come up with new solutions, new ideas, solutions to problems. And this is what I think these kind of people excel in customer experience area. So the best part of entry would be through a products team or a customer success team and then build up your way. Lovely. One last question, Suraj. Since you're part of so many exciting events in the Indian CX community, you have been meeting so many people, interacting with them, understanding their journey, and you have been moderating some of the exciting panel discussions, being a panelist yourself. So I'm sure there must be a few people you would like to personally go out on a lunch or a dinner date with and understand them maybe in a much more deeper way. So is there someone you would really like to highlight today and why that person has had an influence on you? In India, there are many persons. They are doing a fantastic job, different companies. But if you ask me one person, I would say it's the founder of PhonePay, who is the CEO of PhonePay presently, Mr. Samir Nigar. The reason for this is PhonePay has been a new entrant into the UPI space, into the payment space. And today it rules around 46% of UPI transactions happen on PhonePay, even more than Paytm. Paytm is around 48%. Google Pay is around 43 or 46 But PhonePay is ruling at 46%. And as a customer of PhonePay and also after interacting with people from PhonePay, I understood that it's not just the platform, but it's also the kind of trust they've built with the customers and with the vendors. And also, not just they have been into payments, they were able to monetize the customers as well through insurance solutions, through mutual funds, through gold investments, through wealth products, etc. So apart from providing a robust payment platform, they were also able to monetize the customers in the right manner without providing unrelated products. They have been providing products that are related to the customer's needs and they constantly analyze data of payments of customers and try to understand what new products can be given to customers which match their area of interest. Apart from that, even when I visit places that are Thai cities or Taiwan cities, I see a lot of phone pay QR codes rather than Paytm or Google Pay. So the kind of reach that they have created. And just to add, even I interacted with one of the merchants, I was just trying to understand the needs of merchants with respect to credit and lending. That's when I asked them, why do you prefer phone pay over Google Pay and Paytm QR codes? You have Bharat Pay, you have phone pay, you have Google Pay. But whenever someone comes, you ask them to pay from phone pay and not from other board. So he said that this kind of support that they give is very good. If I raise a query to other companies, they take two to three days and someone, sometimes they won't call me back. But when it comes to phone pay, they do not give services to a customer services team. There is a field agent who has onboarded me 
and if I have any issue, I just call that agent and he comes to my shop, he does the handholding and he solves the problem. It can be a soundbox problem, it can be a app problem, it can be a settlement problem. The same sales guy solves the problem for him. So it means they have empowered the salespeople on field to solve the problems of customers, which is a fantastic solution, I think. And that's why I would like to meet Mr. Samir Digam and understand the kind of process and people management techniques that they have employed because customer experience is the result, final result. But to achieve this result, it's necessary that the kind of process and people management policies that you have built have to be very powerful. And that's what I want to understand. Lovely, lovely. And thank you so much, Suraj, for joining me today. It's been such a joy speaking with you, learning from you, listening to you. I'm sure our listeners would get some great insights from this conversation and I would request them to connect with you on LinkedIn as well as you are very active on LinkedIn and I'm sure they would love to meet you as well at some of the events that you get to be on the of. Thank you so much, Garimo, for this platform. I think it was lovely discussing with you. And this is the first time I'm talking about my past. How did I come into customer experience? Usually it's about the future. People are speaking about the future, what's going to come. But when I spoke about my past, I started remembering things that I usually had forgotten other things. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank you so much, Suraj. Thank you for listening to Humans of CX, a podcast brought to you by Ozontel. If you enjoyed today's show, visit ozontel.com to learn more about how our robust omni-channel communications platform makes it the industry leader within the customer experience space. You can find Humans of CX on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms that are featuring podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you so much for listening.